0: I want to say thank you for joining us here at His Hardline, Where every day we always have something going on. We have three shows that we do. We have 1% with Him. Where we spend a little time in the Bible. Spend a little time with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And every once in a while we'll mix it up. And we do a show called the EDU Spot. And every Tuesday and Friday we have what's called a His Hardline Discussion. Where we talk about some deep topics. Don't forget to join us at www.hishardline.com. I want to say thank you again for joining us. Let's get started. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for joining us here for the EDU spot for a part 10 reading of the training manual 2000-25. We'll be reading on liberty and independence. I am Jason, your co-host. It is Sunday, August 7th, 2022, as we do this reading. And as we are going to get into section seven of the manual, um, for those of you that are listening and like to read along, I am starting on page 74 of the PDF file, and like I said, I have the link to get to this pdf so you can read along if somebody would so choose so it's page 74 and so yeah we're going to be getting into a little bit of historical background and the slow developments that were necessary um, with the you know the development of liberty and independence and we're talking a little bit about the declaration of independence Liberty, personal liberty, religious liberty, freedom of speech and press, so on and so forth. So, we're going to start getting right into it. So, as far as the historical background, now the historical background of liberty and independence is the story of the human race in every stage of its development and in every corner of the earth. And it is told in the uh, ages old pyramids of Egypt, and it was built upon the backs of human slaves. Now, in the philosophies of Plato and Socrates, and uncovered in the catacombs of Rome. Now, in the German forest, it was planted deep in the hearts of Saxon and Norman, and they're given its first real semblance of form. England, in the days of Saxon and Norman conquest in the time of Cromwell and Elizabeth, laid a still broader foundation upon which to build the structure of self-government. And slowly there was evolved an appreciation of government, incorporation of the rights of individuals into fixed laws or practices. Yet there remained the iron heel of government to crush those whose demand for independence and liberty exceeded that granted by the will of the ruling king or parliament. Now, the slow development of necessary knowledge Remained, however, a work still to be accomplished at the time of the first settlements in America, where in the next 150 years slow progress was to be made in developing the necessary knowledge upon which liberty and independence could safely rest. Now, the Declaration of Independence, a protest, it was a protest against the abridgment of such rights as the colonists claimed as subjects of the British Crown. Now, their anger was directed against Parliament rather than the King, rather or because restrictions were placed by laws upon the colonists which were not imposed upon citizens of Great Britain and residing in the mother country and these operated solely for the benefit of the long established home government, and institutions, spurred by the spirit of independence engendered through the bitter experiences and necessary self-reliance required in their century and a half battle to conquer the American wilderness, and fired by the indignance and injustice to which they had long been compelled to submit, and they threw off the yoke of oppression and set up a government that would forever guard them against tyranny, however it might seek to impose its will. We hold these truths to be self-evident, and all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And that was some writings from the Declaration of Independence. But no man sought or wished for more than to fend his own. None hoped to plunder or spoil. And we all know that it could not have lived a single day under any well-founded imputation of passion. And that was a quote by Webster. Now, as far as the independence of colonies... The American colonies did not become free and independent until they were strong enough to throw off the yoke of the oppressor. I'm going to pause for a minute, and that's exactly where we're at right now with our assemblies. We are strong, but we are not strong enough to throw off the yoke of the de facto government, which is our modern day oppressors. Okay. Continuing. Now, they were strong enough to set up and control their own government, which is where we're at right now. But through the voice of the people, strong enough to protect and defend their country from aggression, whether from within or without. Now, as far as talking about its enemies, the enemies within who would make the Declaration of Independence a mockery play one group of Americans against another. And that's exactly what we are seeing here, and even still today in modern day. And remember, this writing, this, 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 this manual came out in you know the late 1920s, 1928 or 29. I'll have to look that up. I keep messing that up. I know I do. But they fan the flames of prejudice. They magnify fancied ovals of injustice to the ignorant. And they distort its language to suit their own end so cleverly that many of the less informed follow them in the name of, the Amer- of Americanism or in modern day, patriotism. And so it's survival. Every American citizen must constantly be on guard if the principles set forth in the Declaration of Independence are to survive. And so here's liberty defined. Now there are two kinds of liberty. Absolute liberty, that is of uh, that of the savage in which any individual may act as he pleases in civil Liberty, which is that of a civilized community in which human actions are regulated by law for the good of all and subject only to such restraints as a solemn intolerant judgment determines to be essential. Now, political liberty is no other than natural liberty so far restrained by human laws and no further as it is necessary and expedient for the general advantage of the public. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was by. A quote by Blackstone. Now liberty does not free the people from the necessary from the necessity of control, but it places a heavy burden of responsibility upon the individual for self-control. It is not licensed to do as one pleases. Through developed intelligence, man has power to control his baser and more selfish instincts, compelling their exercise and restriction in the interest of society. Now you have minority control exercises its will until such time as general intelligence becomes sufficiently informed to establish an order of society with a larger and more even distribution of benefits to all, and the law of will, or force, is supplanted by the law of reason. Now as the de- design excuse me as defined in the preamble to the constitution liberty is the absence of arbitrary human restraints upon personal conduct other than those imposed by the authority of just laws obedience to which is an essential part of it Then you got the fundamental law now the rights of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness are beyond the right of any government to legally usurp or infringe and so to secure this liberty is the main business of governments and the reason for their institutions. And so if they fail in this, they have failed in all. And again, that was by Blackstone. Now, these principles, though, were were written by our fathers into the Constitution of the government. For the first time in human history, when they wrote the Constitution, it became the fundamental law of a new nation dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. And that government derives its just powers from the consent, key word, the consent of the governed. And let me tell you what, through a lot of ignorance, ladies and gentlemen, we have consented to a lot of stupid stuff. Now, as far as equality, what is meant by equality? Equality is clearly defined by Lincoln in his debate with Douglas. And responding to Douglas's question, what do you mean all men are created equal? And Lincoln replied as such. I think the authors of the notable instrument intended to include all men, but they did not intend to declare all men equal in all respects. They did not mean to say all work equal in color, size, intellect, moral development, or social capacity. They defined with tolerable distinctness in what respect they did consider all men created equal, equal with certain unalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that they and, and this they said, and this they meant. They did not mean to assert the obvious untruth that all were then actually enjoying that equality, nor yet that they were about to confer it immediately upon them. And so, in fact, they had no power to confer such a boon, and they simply meant to declare the right, so that enforcement of it might follow as fast as circumstances should permit, end quote. And that was Lincoln's response. Now, as far as personal liberty, now, freedom of action. Now, every citizen is on an equal footing as to the privilege and opportunity, and any denial of such rights results from either the limited ability of the individual to take full advantage of opportunity or, because of prejudice, in no way a part of the ruling law of our land. Now, born free citizens or acquiring that right through naturalization, we have full freedom of action without infringement upon the rights of others to reside or travel at home or abroad under the protection and with all privileges accorded by the government, regardless of race, color, religion, or social station. Now the full opportunity is here given to every citizen to work out his own ideals and ideas. And to the native born, this privilege is actually accepted as a matter of no great significance for he is wholly unfamiliar with the laws, traditions and customs that direct and restrict individual action of citizens in foreign countries. And so the American citizen frequently changes his occupation. And so his very Liberty keeps him on, the alert for an opportunity to better his financial or social status. And the change is one of occupation, not of personality. And so his pride and self-respect are not involved. Now, as we talk about religious Liberty, now there's no greater Liberty was ever conferred on a people than that of the freedom to worship according to the dictates of one's own conscience. And so, the First Amendment to the Constitution declares that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibit the free exercise thereof. And so, all persons have the privilege to entertain any religious belief, practice any religion, religious right, teach any religious doctrine which is not submissive—excuse me, not subversive—of morality. That's a key word, and does not interfere with the personal rights of others. Another key note however this liberty cannot be invoked as a protection as against legislation for the punishment of acts that are inimical to the peace good order order and morals of society because professed doctrines of religion belief are not superior to the laws of the land that's right and so no person is permitted to become a law unto himself nor may in the name of religion Or through a religious ceremony, violate the law. And I was just talking about this in the last show in 1% or less, or excuse me, in 1% with him in the reading of Mark chapter 7. This is exactly what I was just talking about. Continuing. Excuse me. Now, religious liberty does not include the right to introduce and carry out every scheme or purpose which persons see fit to claim as part of their religious system. And so while there is no legal authority to constrain belief, no one lawfully stretch his own liberty or actions so as to interfere with that of his neighbors or violate peace or good order. And that was something that was stated by the United States Supreme Court. Now, laws are made for the government of actions. And while they cannot interfere with mere religious beliefs or, and opinions, they may with practices. Again, by the United States Supreme Court. Now, as we talk about the separation of church and state. Now, separation of church and state is a fundamental principle of American government. And neither is permitted to dictate to or exercise power over the other. In no other way can religious liberty be preserved. And so with religion and national defense, there is no place for the doctrine of non-cooperation. And so religious beliefs will not excuse any citizen from rendering services in the defense of the country, although Congress has power, at its discretion, to exempt him. Now, with the freedom of speech and press, the right to act, to think, to speak, to print, is the surest way to protect the liberties and to continue the full measure of independence which America so richly possesses. And so in these rights lies the means of creating a public opinion representative of the entire nation. And so this liberty is indispensable to further social, economic, and political development. And clash of opinions creates interest and thought on all public questions. And so a realization of the forest of public opinion expressed by the ballot awakens a sense of responsibility that compels the best minds to give carefully study, careful study to any subject that vitally concerns our nation. And through the present means of communication, the people are daily informed in every matter of national or international import. Now, as far as abuses, now this privilege does not permit the publication of libel's or other matters injurious to public morals or private reputation. And like all liberties granted under the broad principles of the Constitution, these rights are abused to the detriment of the best interest of the people. Now, as far as propaganda, now propaganda floods our country from every conceivable source, and we still see it today. And so active and vociferous agencies have been organized For the express purpose of advancing doctrines absolutely not in accord with the fixed principles of our nation in the most persistent manner that they seek to tear down rather than build, to destroy rather than improve, one of their most subtly dangerous features is that it is so camouflaged as to make it appear to have an innocent purpose. And to prevent such activities during the World War, Congress found it necessary to pass the Espionage Act of 1917 for the safety of the states and the successful outcome of the struggle. And we carefully supervise every agency whose business may in any degree affect the physical health of our people. And equal care should be exercised over all agencies, which is in any manner may affect our social, economic and political life. And so restriction of abuses, there is no law in any state or nation that prohibits freedom of speech or press, but there are laws against the abuse of the right and restrictions may be necessary for the prevent, uh, pre- preservation of public order and the protection of the state. While Congress is forbidden by the constitution to abridge the freedom of speech or the press, the punishment of those who violate every principle of loyalty and patriotism modifies in no manner the constitutional provision and the law punishes because of the crime against the country and its citizens. And so the first amendment cannot have been, and obviously was not intended to give immunity for every possible use of language as said by justice Holmes and Blackstone's maxims, which help to interpret the present limitations on speech and press, which are one, Between public and private rights, the public rights must prevail. Two, liberty to all, but preference to none. And three, those offenses should be severely punished, which are most difficult to guard against. And so as far as economic liberty, property rights safeguarded under no other government Are property rights of individuals so provided with safeguards for their full protection? Property is at the base of civilization. Without incentive of right to its private possession and full protection against confiscation, no progress would be made in material betterment. Economic liberty, the power of initiative, and the protection of property rights have developed a philosophy of life peculiar to America, the dignity of work, and every American is expected to be a worker. Now, based upon the constitutional assurance of the security of the property, finance and labor have joined in the creation of industry, making America the richest nation in the world. Her wealth has been distributed to the enrichment of her entire population. And as far as political liberty, equal participation the list of public office holders in city, state, and nation reveals the measure of political liberty granted in America. There are found representatives of practically every race in the world. They have been elected by the people as their able and honorable representatives, and every citizen enjoys the protection and benefit of our municipal, state, and national governments. Any suggestion of racial and religious differences is frowned upon. It is the sincere wish of the majority that tolerance and understanding weld. Our people of all nationalities into a social, economic, and political unity for the purpose of developing a strong nation, character, and a race of men and women whose ideals and attainments shall be an inspiration and help to the peoples of all the earth. And so the greatest degree of political liberty is secured by wise laws properly enforced. Anarchy destroys liberty because it is lawlessness and confusion and utter disregard of all government. Now, safeguards to our liberties, by clinging on to the ideas and ideals which animate the framers of the Declaration of Independence, we can assure that not only peace within, but national security and respect from other nations. And so when we fail to adequately comprehend the principles incident to our government, it is fundamental ideals which have made our government, the United States of America, faces anarchy and destruction. And as Webster once said, and we're going to close with this, Let our object be our country, our whole country, and nothing but our country. And by the blessing of God, may that country itself become a vast and splendid monument, none of oppression and terror, but of wisdom, of peace and of liberty, upon which the world may gaze with admiration forever. And so that is section seven in the 2000 the training manual 2000-25 on liberty and independence and so we're ending there on page uh, let's see here 81 so when we start the next one on a different day which is section eight of the training manual we'll be starting on uh, page 82 and so that is what we have for today for the edu spot i hope uh you all have a great day. And like I said, we will be back here uh, periodically to do continued reading. Um, this is We're over halfway through this. And so when we get through this, we are going to be starting something else, which is very interesting. It's actually an expose I just came across by a judge by the name of Judge Dale. He's been since retired. And we're going to go over kind of the things, a little bit of history, but also kind of the things that we're seeing today and um, just kind of piece some things together. Some of the stuff that we've been awakened to and kind of go a little bit further detail on some of the things that, you know, like that. So um, anyway, I hope you all have a great day, great afternoon, great morning, evening, wherever you're at in the world. And we will see you later. Have a good one.